My subject this morning is trusting God in the midst of uncertainty. So I'm here today to encourage us to prayerfully seek the presence of God in and through all things. Yes, when we are on the mountaintops of peace, prosperity, and harmony, we should seek the presence of God. And when the winds of sorrow blow and the storms of life are threatening, let us be reminded that God is always present, even as we find ourselves displaced and interrupted from our daily routines. In the midst of the chaos all around us, God is present. And God is still the one we should trust. Amen? Amen. The text that I read out of the 14th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew transcends time. It was written in antiquity and still speaks truth to us today as we continue our spiritual journey. So to establish context, let me say this. The story is found right after the miraculous account of Jesus feeding the 5,000. These people, the 5,000, and that's not even counting the women and children, they were caught in the paralyzing grips of poverty. They were both physically and spiritually starving. But in this story, Jesus entered into their suffering and demonstrated the providential care of God. We see Jesus show up, attending to their needs. He fed them. He taught them. He was present with them in their struggle. And this is the Jesus that we see right before we arrive at our selected text. So in Matthew 14, verse 22, down to 31, we get another look into the ministry of Jesus. It is here that we find Jesus walking on the water in the midst of stormy conditions. It's a well-known story, a story told over and over. But as we go through this story today, I pray that we are able to listen with our hearts as we ask the question, how is God speaking to us in this moment, in the midst of the chaos that we are experiencing? So Matthew 14, 22 says this, Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. Biblical scholars suggest that Jesus saw that the disciples were getting caught up and influenced by the wayward thinking 
of a growing and hostile crowd. As recorded in John 6.15, the crowds intended to make Jesus king by force. This strategy was inconsistent with the ministry of Jesus, for Jesus was not a military figure or one who would take the throne through acts of war and violence. The disciples were getting caught up in this frenzy. They were being influenced by the crowd, and Jesus stepped in. He interrupted the chaos, the confusion, and he compelled them. He told them to cross over to the other side of the water. He wanted them to retreat to a place across the water where they could get away from this unruly crowd. Now the other side of the water was certainly a retreat from the friends. It was a different geographical location that served to remove the disciples from the pressure and influence of this growing crowd. The other side would also be a place of reflection as they continued on under the teachings of Jesus. The other side would be a place of renewal as God further revealed himself to them through the person of Jesus. So we see retreat, reflection, and renewal on the other side. But for the disciples in this story, <clears throat> getting to the other side required a journey. And this journey would end up being more than just getting from one spot to another. It would prove to be a challenge. The journey would be transformational to their lives. As a matter of fact, the retreat, reflection, and renewal would begin along the way as they crossed the water. The text continues to inform us about this journey, about the disciples who were trying to cross over to the other side. After Jesus dismissed the crowd in verse 24, the Bible says that the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So the disciples were well into their journey. They were out there. But suddenly, a storm arose. The winds howled. The sky was dark. It was probably between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. It was the darkest hour before the rising of the sun. The boat was rocked in the water. The waves slapped against the sides of the boat, placing the disciples in a dangerous, in a hostile environment. I can imagine that water was coming into the boat. They were wet. They were cold. They were out of their comfort zone. They were scared. They were afraid. But now think about this for just a moment. They were obediently following the instructions of Jesus. 
They started out on this retreat to the other side and they ran right into a deadly storm. So I guess that we should learn something from this. And that something is that as we follow Jesus, there is a possibility, a highly probable possibility that we just might run into something every now and then. <clears throat> so this certainly reminds me of the church today. As we try to follow the words of Jesus, the teachings of the apostles, as we gather in Bible studies, prayer meetings, Sunday school, Sunday morning worship services, we serve each other and the surrounding community. We are trying our best to live out our faith tradition in accordance with the words of Jesus as we journey to the other side. But right now, along the way, we also have run into a dreadful storm. Thousands of people have lost their lives. We can't assemble together in the church building like we used to. We have to stay away from one another. And every day, hundreds of people are still dying. People have lost their jobs. There are food shortages. Cars line up for hours at food banks across the nation. Yes, beloved, we are in a storm. And at this point in the story, the disciples were in the midst of a storm. While they were being tossed to and fro, their hope was diminishing and fear arose and panic set in. But unlike the disciples, if we follow the footsteps of Jesus, we would find a trail of footprints that ascend up a mountainside to a place of prayer. In the midst of the storm, I don't think the disciples were thinking about Jesus at all. I believe that in that moment, they were focused on the storm and were scared for their lives. But in their day of trouble, Jesus had already ascended up a mountainside to a place of prayer, a place of focus, a place of solitude and solidarity with God the Father. So in all that we are going through, how does this text speak to us today? Well, this holy retreat of our Lord and Savior Jesus teaches us that we also need to retreat out of the frenzy and into the presence of God. We don't have to wait for a crisis. We don't have to wait for a once a year church retreat. We can take daily retreats to a place where we can talk with God. We can retreat to a place of prayer and reflection that leads us to spiritual renewal and being strengthened in the presence of God. Now Jesus, who is all known, he knew of the position and the condition of the disciples in the boat. He didn't need a 
GPS to find it. He didn't need a storm tracker to figure out when the storm was coming. He was far from them, yet he was near to them. For God is always present. The question is, do we recognize him? Do we hear his voice? We are further informed by the narrative that during the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. And Jesus, being well aware of the disciples' struggle, yes, he went out to them, walking on the water. Now let me just stop right there for a moment because walking on the water is beyond human comprehension and ability. And now the disciples see a figure walking on top of the water. As if the storm wasn't bad enough, scaring them to death, now here comes what looks like a ghost walking on the water. Maybe they thought that they were being visited by death, coming to get them in the middle of the night. It was Jesus, but the disciples didn't recognize him. Perhaps the visibility was poor. Perhaps there was too much fear in play for them to even recognize the presence of Jesus. In all that we are going through, how does this speak to us today? Do we recognize the voice and heart of God in the midst of this paralyzing pandemic? Or is our spiritual visibility clouded by fear and uncertainty in the storm? Verse 27 says, Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And Peter, Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. I can see Jesus saying, come on, Peter, come on. Then Peter got down out of the boat he walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. As he was walking on the water towards Jesus, he became distracted by the frightening reality of his circumstance. Have you ever been distracted along your walk with God by your circumstance? Have you ever taken your eyes off of Jesus in the midst of trouble? Everything that Peter knew about chaotic storms, the deadly combination of wind, rain, and hostile waters came to the front burner of his mind, even though Jesus was right there with him. This was life-threatening, and Peter was afraid. He responded to the invitation of Jesus, and as he was heading towards Jesus, his fear elevated to crisis mode. And in a moment of desperation, and as he was beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Have you ever had to cry out to the Lord? I know I have, and I can guarantee you this. It wasn't a long, eloquently worded deacon prayer. No, this was a prayer with a sense of urgency. Lord, save me. The good news in this story is this. 
Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You know that we like to say that he might not show up when you want him to, but he's always on time. Yes, we say that. But in this story, I really like the word immediately, you know, right away, without delay, instantaneously, at once, suddenly. Yes, Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, he reached out his hand. He stretched out his hand. He extended his hand and caught Peter. He rescued him. He saved him from his distress. He lifted him from his despair. He raised him from his desperation and he saved him from his sinking. I don't know about you, but it sounds like what he did for me. How he saved me in my moment of sinking. He rescued me in my moment of desperation. I didn't meet Jesus on the mountaintops of peace, harmony, and prosperity. No, I met him in a valley of despair. When things weren't going right, that's where I met him. When the storms of life were overwhelming. But thanks be to God, with the same power that he raised Jesus from the dead, he lifted me from my despair. He saved me. He rescued me. So in all that we are going through, how does this text speak to us today? I want to let you know that we are the church and we are also on the journey to the other side. And although we are in this pandemic, pandemic, let us be led by the Spirit of God. Let us see it as a time of retreat, reflection, and renewal. Let this time be a time of further sanctification, a time where we are becoming more like Christ. For we are journeying to the other side, along the waters of sanctification. And yes, we have run into a storm. But today, let us embrace God and hold to his unchanging hand. Let our hearts and minds be further sanctified along this journey. We know that sanctification is the process by which, according to the will of God, we are made partakers of his holiness and that it is a progressive work that begins in regeneration and it is carried on in the hearts of believers by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. We often think of crossing over to the other side as the end of our life journey on this earth and our transition from the temporary to the eternal. But I have good news for us today. You don't have to wait. We don't have to wait until we die and leave this body to embrace eternal life. Crossing over to the other side and embracing eternal life begins now. Today, the kingdom of God is at hand. Eternal life begins with knowing God. And knowing God will enable us to cross over from darkness to light, from sinner to saint, from hate to love, from isolation to community. We cross over from despair to hope. I believe our journey, this journey, will lead us to a 
place where hope, faith, love, justice, peace, and compassion become ways of life. Thanks be to God, for even in the midst of the storm, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Thanks be to God, for he is with us, and we can trust him even in the midst of our current storm. Amen, and God bless you.